Ladies and gentlemen. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 55 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We're about to do this thing live and in action. Yes, indeed. Not going to work down all of the listings and the sites that I'm on. If you want to find out where you can find me, hit up Twitter at 2SweetsPOD or at OMGCoreyB. You can find where I'm at, iTunes, YouTube, Periscope, all that good stuff. So we're about to hop right on into this thing. I'm not wasting any time. Best thing, funniest thing. We're going to start with that. The funniest thing I've seen this week. Hashtag things louder than this crowd. Best thing, funniest thing. We got hashtags. Look, Raw was in Lafayette Monday, and I'm a fellow Louisianian, if I can say that, if that's right English, but I spent the whole night defending Lafayette just until I just couldn't defend them no more. Like, man, it was so quiet in there. And, like, there's a typical reason behind that. It's a casual crowd, as I said on Monday night. But, man, it was so quiet, and that brought out everybody on Twitter. Hashtag things louder than this crowd. I mean, I think Smart to Death Podcast started it. I'm not sure who started it, but I'm just going to run down some of the tweets. Hashtag things out in this crowd. Security telling me to turn my AEW shirt inside out. Hashtag things out in this crowd. Gray's texting Carmella under the table during commercials. Hashtag things louder than this crowd. The candles used in Alistair's entrance. Oh man, Corey Graves Instagram account. Y- y'all are ruthless on Corey Graves. The voice is in Orton's head. Hashtag things louder than this crowd. It was just incredible. It was a comedic moment of the night. I enjoyed every bit of it. Best thing I've seen this week, hashtag Kofi Mania. Everybody got behind this thing. Well, not everybody, but at least 90% of the wrestling community was on agreement that they wanted to see Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. And it started a cool hashtag Kofi Mania. It was amazing to see. Anytime wrestling Twitter, for the most part, it's on the same page. It creates fantastic uh, things. Great. Sometimes you see a fantastic movement started, and we got that. Even the wrestlers join us. Like Seth Rollins joining. Mark Henry hashtag Kofi Mania. I'm about to. J- I'm gonna jump into Kofi Kingston. That's later on in the podcast. But I thought that was amazing. It was indeed the best thing I saw this week, and I just enjoyed it. It set up a huge conversation that went continuously went back and. So we're going to hop right on into this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the NXT call-ups. And, man, this was just a whirlwind week in wrestling. Full of news. And at the top of the list was these NXT call-ups. And, like, it came out of the blue. I'm going to start with a report here from... Uh, Dave must excuse me. And there was a mix-up with Triple H and Vince McMahon. Communication issues. As he said, there was some communication issues with Triple H and Vince over the week, over the NXT call-ups. And he said not only did Triple H not know about the call-ups in advance, 
He said Ricochet was originally scheduled to face Finn Balor, to which Triple H shot down and talked Vince out of. Look, man, this all felt, and I said it on Twitter at the time. I said, look, I like these guys. I like the calls. I like the I like the guys, the debuts or whatever. But all of this feels so rushed, and it was very last minute, as you can see here. I didn't even have to read a report to feel like or know that it was last minute because that's how it came across on television. The way Triple H introduced them, I didn't like. They got introduced as a pack. Like, they should have been one of each other. Like, they should have had their own separate debuts or their own separate announcements. It all felt so last minute. And I have a bad feeling that it's going to blow up in their faces because... The guys like, here's another thing I didn't like. Guys like EC3, the guys that had got called up before these guys, they have been rendered meaningless. Like EC3, rendered meaningless. Lars Sullivan, where is he? Like rendered meaningless. Um, And the, the cops, Heavy Machinery, they are barely doing anything with them. And Lacey Evans, she's just doing the Simpsons gift when the old guy walks in the pub and walks out, she's doing that. That's her gimmick now. So she's been rendered meaningless as well due to her gimmick. But, like, everything feels so last second. And the uh, the biggest thing that I have a problem with is, okay, Ricochet, he debuted as Ricochet. This is who he is in the NXT timeline. And it was, for the most part, what he did in the ring was well done. Alistair Black, I, I have my complaints there, but for the most part, that is the Alistair Black I know. That is the Alistair Black of NXT. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. What is going on here? Like, you have to assume when you debut these guys, you have to assume that you're debuting them in front of a lot of people who have never watched NXT. So they are debuting as DIY. And, like, people who are watching them have no idea that Tommaso Ciampa is the best heel in all of wrestling. Like, they know him as the tag team partner of Johnny Gargano. So, I mean, I thought it was a bad idea to debut them as a team. Like, at the moment, we're working on the two alternate timelines where in NXT... Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa is beefing. You just seen on last night's episode of NXT, they were backstage and Tommaso Ciampa wanted to help out Johnny Gargano in his match. And Johnny Gargano said, I got here by myself. I don't need you. And like, what are you telling the people that who have never watched NXT? Okay, they saw him all right. They saw him on SmackDown. They're thinking, okay, now I'm going to go and watch NXT. And like, they're broken up now. So when they see him again on Raw and SmackDown, they're going to be together. So, like, they have to make up their minds. You can't have two alternate timelines. You're going to completely confuse the people that are watching. So I had a big problem with that. And there was another report that came out from Dave Meltzer that said these guys would be working all three brands, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So... Look, we're in the middle of WrestleMania build. These guys are going to get caught up in the middle. I think this this is a, that is a horrible idea. If you want to believe what Dave Meltzer, if you don't want to believe him, whether or not, let's say for the sake of argument, it is true and that they are working all three brands. Something is going to get lost up in the shuffle. 
whether that's Raw SmackDown or whether it's NXT. You can't have them working all three brands in, in Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano's case, have them work in two alternate timelines and not expect something to get lost up in the shuffle. Like NXT is going to suffer or Raw and SmackDown is going to suffer one way or another. And when I look at it, like I said, we're in the middle of WrestleMania. There's only but so many spots to go around. Even if WrestleMania is going to last for 10 hours, and I say 10 hours jokingly because you know it's going to be a long show. There's still only but so much, so many spots to go around, and you already have a huge roster. I'm going to get into that. These guys are going to get caught up because, man, we're in the middle of February. We only have one pay-per-view left before... Uh, WrestleMania, the pit stop to WrestleMania, they really need to get rid of fast lane. That's just my opinion. But how much time do you have to work these guys into storylines if indeed they're going to be on, on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT? And then what are you going to do for WrestleMania weekend for NXT TakeOver with these guys? So all of this feels so rushed and so in a panic and... Dave Meltzer also said that something to the effect of, yeah, Vince is seeing the ratings. Uh, he is seeing it's a reaction to AEW. Basically, he wants to get these wrestlers on Raw so that he could get the four best guys. And he, he said Vince wanted the four best guys. It was a back and forth with Triple H as well. So is it the AEW component? Look, I see a lot of people uh, laughing at that and saying, oh, y'all need to stop with that. I think it's, if I'm going to err on one side, I'm going to say that he wants to shake things up. You know, he wants to get the ratings going. He wanted to do something spontaneous. I can rock with that. If the AEW component involved in some way, are they paying attention to AEW? Oh, yes, they are. You are a fool if you don't believe that at some point they're looking at AEW and they're saying to themselves, okay, we're gonna we're gonna put on our best show. Screw them. We're gonna put out we're gonna pull out all the stops. So I hope AEW did have something to do with this. I didn't like the rust aspect of it. I hated it. But if AEW did have something to do with this in their thinking, the last time a company pushed WWE or got them to think outside of the box, it created some of the best creative television. WWE, WWF has ever produced. Now the television wasn't perfect, but they pulled, they tried to pull out all the stops. And I'm hoping that's what we get here. Look, I want them to pull out all the stops. I want their backs to be against the wall. Now, AEW is not competition toward, to the fact to where they're going to have WWE on the brink of extension like WCW had them. Not at all. I'm not saying that. But you know Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the ultimate competitor. He is going to try to Get his wrestlers locked into their contracts. He is going to try to put on the best product. And he is going to try to get all get all of the money so that AEW doesn't even look like a competitor. And you know what? Bring it on. I hope Vince does try to do that because it's going to create a better product. So while I don't like the rest nature of this entire thing, I do like the fact that Vince is trying to go all out with these guys and we'll see if the AEW component had something to do with this. So 
Moving on, uh, interesting story came out of these call-ups, and it said that people in the back were worried about their spots. And this came from Mike Johnson. He said, of PW Insider, excuse me. He said that I can tell you from speaking to a number of people who work on the main roster, no one seemed, and there's a lot of context here. Uh, he said, no one seemed to have any knowledge or understanding that they were coming to work the show. When they showed up, there was definitely some side-eyed, these guys saying, oh, why are they here to work raw? There are definitely some talents who have been brought up within the last couple of months who really have just kind of flown around or just gotten a push wondering what's going on here. Are they coming for my spot? So, this is very interesting because people have the right and have the good right to wonder, are these guys coming after my spot? Especially if you look at the fact that as I mentioned earlier, they called up this, these batch of call-ups, NXT. The, re, the, the, the call-ups before the most recent call-ups, EC3, Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, uh, Heavy Machinery, and so forth. They called those guys up and didn't do anything with them. They're still getting TV time, but they're not getting significant t TV time in the case of Lacey Evans and Heavy Machinery. Those are guys and a gal that got called up. Now, just weeks later... You got the guys from NXT to get caught up. And we're talking about the, the, the creme de la creme, the top of the top, uh, the best of the best outside of who, Velveteen Dream and Undisputed Era. These are the top uh, guys, the top characters in your comp company as it pertains to NXT. And here they are. If the report is true about Dave Meltzer saying that they would work all three brands, yes. People should be worried about, quote-unquote, their spot. Especially if you're not a Seth Rollins. If you are not secure. If you're not an AJ Styles. If you're in the mid-card and you're a guy like a Finn Balor. Who has the Intercontinental Championship right now? But let's be honest, it hadn't been roses for Finn Balor. Hopefully, it's getting better going forward. I, will hope, I hope and wish the best for that. But... If you're in the mid-card, you got to look up and wonder, man, am I getting replaced here? So they have good reason to be worried. Now, with WWE, I just mentioned that, okay, Vince is trying to shake things up. And on one aspect, I can appreciate that. I don't like the rest nature of it all, but I can appreciate it on some aspects. However... You got to look at, I'm going to relate this back to WCW. You got to be careful. WCW had a huge roster. And what they kept doing is they kept adding guys to the roster. They kept trying to shake things up week after week. And I'm not comparing the people that are added from WCW to the people that are being added out to WWE's roster right now. But what I am making a comparison to is that WWE kept bringing guys in, bringing guys in, bringing guys in to the point to where they forgot about the guys that were already there. So the guys that were already there started leaving. And you had guys like Jericho that left, uh, Chris Benoit that left, that whole crowd, they left. 
and they went on to make big names for themselves. And I compare this to WWE. You keep bringing guys in to try to shake things up. Look, guys that are already there can look at that and say, well, I'm being put out the door already. So let me up and go to AEW and make a name for myself like a Chris Jericho did. Like a Eddie Guerrero did. It took them a while to build up themselves into the main event players that they came out to be. But they got there. In the case of Eddie Guerrero and Chris uh, Benoit and, and guys like that, Chris Jericho kind of just arrived. On the, on the scene uh, going back and forth with The Rock. But you can have guys that can go to AEW, AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor, New Japan, wherever and do that. So you have to be careful. These are the problems of having an overbloated roster. There's a such thing as a big roster, a bloated roster, and an overbloated roster. That's what WWE is right now. There are just too many names. Uh, at now on a three-hour show and then you call up the NXT guys on top of that so you have an overbloated roster and you have to be careful because those guys can really up and leave let their contracts just slip on out and get out the door it's possibly happening with Dean Ambrose right now whether you think that's a work or a shoot if it's a shoot Dean Ambrose can go out of there and he doesn't have the 90-day compete clause as I mentioned in a previous podcast he can just up and go and be at double or nothing who knows so moving on we're gonna move on to ty dillinger you know i'm up late at night and just surprised surprised about 12 1 in the morning and i see the report that ty dillinger has axed out from WWE. He put on, I think it was Instagram, said before rumors began to spread. Let me set things straight ahead of time. This evening, I requested my release from WWE in the past five and a half years with them. I have seen and done some wonderful things, things that I'm very proud of and will never forget. I've met and worked with unquestionably some of the greatest talent on this earth. So a very classy a message there from Todd Dillinger. And I got to say, I look at this one and I got to say that, I mean, I'm not particularly surprised because Todd Dillinger spent most of his time on SmackDown in the back and catering, doing nothing. And I got to say, you sit there and these guys want TV time. They want to get on TV. They want to display their talents to the world. And I cannot blame Todd Dillinger here, when, especially when you look at the landscape of wrestling. There is just a lot out there. We're on the cusp of a wrestling boom, and Todd Dillinger wants a piece of that. And I look at it, and I, there were people out there saying, well, what, what has Todd Dillinger done? Uh, you know, for him to be asking, now he is, he's going to go somewhere. He's not going to make a ripple, uh, make a ripple or do anything. Never say never in wrestling. Look, when this guy's in NXT, he was doing great things. He was getting a tremendous response in NXT. He had a tremendous gimmick. I loved every bit of it. And it got him over. And his talent in the ring got him over. So you never know where this guy can go, where this guy can end up. All it takes is a chance. It's like, just like in the 90s, just like I just mentioned, Chris Jericho. Gave, gave him a chance to be against the main event level player 
with The Rock and he held his own and he looked good because of it. You never know what Ty Dillinger can go and do once he gets the chance to be in a ring with a main event player, no matter where he ends up. So I also got to mention Cody Rhodes. Uh, he's <laughs> he posted on Twitter something to the effect of do not settle and he posted an encouraging message. So you know what that led to? That led to the Cody, the Cody Rose GIF GIF, however they're putting it in 2019, the ear hallway GIF that people are posting, that people are sick of. I can't blame y'all. But <laughs> that led to that GIF, and I find that hilarious every time I see it. But there's the AEW component out there. Obviously, I think Todd Dillinger, this is not the end of his wrestling career. He's going to go somewhere. I don't know where, but it's going to end up somewhere. And he's a phenomenally talented wrestler. It's going to be a great addition to whoever gets him. So I cannot wait to see what's in the future for Ty Dillinger. And look, the perfect 10 will land somewhere. So last up for the day, I'm not going to hold you for long. I never like to hold you long for these podcasts. I like to keep it short and sweet. No pun intended. Kofi Kingston. Man, I went on a whirlwind of emotions from Sunday night to Tuesday morning. Sunday night, I'm looking at the Elimination Chamber and I'm like, man, I hope Kofi uh, gets a good showing here. It gets down to Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, and Daniel Bryan. And I'm like, posted on Twitter, I was like, okay, it's going to go down to Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Kofi is going to narrowly lose and he's going to pick up the victory at WrestleMania. So Kofi narrowly loses. In what was an outstanding match. I haven't heard a crowd get behind one guy like that in a long time. So, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this, like it should be Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So, a report comes out Tuesday morning. And this could be a partial spoiler. So, I'm letting you know here and now. You don't want to hear it. Report comes out that... That morning, Kofi Kingston is the front runner to face Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. And also, the, another report comes out that Kevin Owens could be facing Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, man, I get it. Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan, I get it, and I'm going to get into that. But looking at Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, which would you rather? That Kofi versus Daniel Bryan or Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan? I'm going to talk about Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. The story is right. Sometimes, okay, I, I can look at Kofi Kingston. I get it. He's not the top of the top main event level players. I felt this way about Kofi Kingston in 2009. Kofi Kingston boom dropped Randy Orton through a table. I'm going to post that on Twitter on Two Sweet Pie eventually throughout this week, at some point this week. He did that, and that was the moment in 2009 when I said, okay, they need to put the title on him now. The crowd is so much behind the dude. They need to put the title on him. Why? It wasn't because he was at the top of the top. He was John Cena or Randy Orton or whoever was at the top at the time. But it was because it was in the moment and the crowd wanted to see it bad. He had such momentum. I wanted to see them do it. And then Randy Orton killed the momentum. That's not the here nor there. Although we had a 10-year callback from Kofi Kingston on SmackDown when he said stupid, stupid, stupid to Randy Orton. That was inglorious. I loved it. Top your ish, Kofi. But that's beside the point, too. 
Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, the story is ripe. It is a WrestleMania story. Kofi Kingston is a big enough player to be at WrestleMania. Like, I don't get it. I understand that he's a member of the New Day, but he's worked his way up and he's got the crowd behind him. And it would be a fantastic match. The people would spend their hard-earned money. The people want to see the match. Isn't that what it's all about? It's all about money and wrestling. The people and the fans. The people want to pay their money to see it. And the fans want to see it. And it would be a tremendous match. It would be a tremendous story. Kofi has momentum behind him. I don't see why this is not the top choice for WrestleMania. I'm sorry. I know Kofi got thrown into the midst of the match. I know he looked into the position. But it is what it is. It would make the best story. So looking at Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, I don't have a problem with it. But we're looking at the fact that Kofi Kingston is going to be at Fastlane, right? It's going to be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Kofi Kingston is going to lose. So we're going to only have three weeks from Fastlane to WrestleMania. I don't want to see Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan if it's only getting a three-week build. I love Kevin Owens. I love Daniel Bryan. It would be a phenomenal match. I don't have any, any hate in my heart whatsoever for those guys. But we're only getting three weeks to what is supposed to be the mania build for the WWE title. Uh, the Universal title has had umpteen time to get build, built. Excuse me. And you mean to tell me these guys are only going to get three weeks? And so help me God. If it's Kofi, if it's, excuse me, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and it's built around food. Because Kevin Owens is sitting here on all these videos eating all the food that Daniel Bryan doesn't like. If they, if that enters this build, I, my brain is just going to leak from the side of my head. If we have those two wrestlers in that build, we'll see as time goes on. But I got to wonder what the crowd reaction will be. If it is Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, because the crowd wants Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, you know how crowds tend to get in this day and age. They tend to crap on this. Now, I'm not necessarily sure if they'll crap on Kevin Owens because these are two guys that we love, but it's going to be a huge question as to if you can get that magic back. If you can get the magic of the crowd being that invested into Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, I don't think the crowd will be supremely invested into Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens like they would be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. So it's going to be a question as to if you can get the crowd back. I don't think they will. And last but not least, on a personal level, here I am again. Now I got to wonder if another brother will ever win a WWE title, WWE heavyweight title in my lifetime. Now I'm back at the point of wondering, man, if another rock don't come along, it's probably not going to happen. These are the things I go through uh, uh, wondering if a brother will win a title. I, look, this is the life I live. I watch wrestling in this, in this instance, in this situation. I look at brothers in wrestling. So let's take, take for instance, instance, Bobby Lashley debuts. I'm like, okay, Bobby Lashley's debuting. You know, sometimes, someday Bobby Lashley might win a World Heavyweight Championship. He has the pedigree. All you have to do is book him seriously or put a mouthpiece with him. And then we get the Bobby Lashley sister segment. And, I, and the first thing I say is, well, there go another brother that ain't going to win the World Heavyweight Championship at any point in his career. So... We get to Kofi Kingston. 
and everything is in his favor. He has momentum. The story is the top story for SmackDown. You can't get any better than that. That's just my humble opinion. And it's not going to happen. And <laughs> here I am sitting there again. I'm saying, okay, Kofi Kingston, that's another brother you can scratch up off the list. That's not going to get a title shot because... I don't think he can maintain this momentum to win the get the championship again anytime soon. A lot of people want this want this to be put off and say, and I've heard a lot of them say, you know, you can build up to this moment. It would be a fantastic moment if you built up to it more. And I'm sitting there like, I don't think Kofi Kings can hold the momentum if they have him in tag matches as another member of the New Day. I don't think he's going to be able to hold that momentum. So Kofi Kingston is off the list. Which black wrestler am I ever going to get behind? If, if Am I ever going to see get on the ropes and hold up a heavyweight title? I don't think I'm ever going to see it. Hopefully there's Velveteen Dream. I think I got to hold out hope and hope that Velveteen Dream wins the NXT title. And I'm just going to have to settle for that. But at the end of the day, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. This should be the match at WrestleMania. It's not looking like it will be. Hopefully, the crowd stays behind Kofi Kingston. We'll all see how it goes down. So, that is episode 55 of the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on everything, whether it be in the YouTube comments or on Periscope or on Twitter. Periscope Two Sweet Pod, youtube.com slash C slash OMG Corey B or on Twitter at Two Sweet POD. That's the number Two Sweet POD or at OMG. Corey B, let me know all of your thoughts.